Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves news. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful, but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 70, and uh, we just got off of an amazing community day. Um, And I'll talk about uh, the community day that uh, I had uh, in a little bit. But uh, what an outstanding job uh, by Sea of Thieves. Last community day, again, I talked highly about the idea of community day. Unfortunately, the execution of community day on the very first one fell a little short and and rare admitted that they fell a little short with all the strawberry beards and uh server issues they ran into they admitted they fell a little short and this time um they they had the statistics and they had the data from the first one and i could tell that they wanted to make sure that this community day uh was much better was it perfect absolutely not um did we still have some issues yes but the thing that we didn't see was the strawberry beard the thing that we didn't see was people of the community unable to log in and take part, uh, which was, which was massive, uh, massive for them, uh, coming off of the last community day, which got them a lot of heat. Uh, and, and they had to do some like compensation, which I know people are, are mixed reviews on, on how they do compensation, but either way, anytime they have to put out compensation, it means that they unfortunately have not fixed uh, what needs to be fixed. Uh, I did not see any tweets out about compensation for this community day. Um, I, I wasn't really paying attention for them because, like I said, I didn't really have any issues. Uh, I saw a couple tweets on community day saying that gold was delayed. Um, there was a period of time in the, in the early morning of community day where gold was was not coming through. Uh, I know I saw a couple delays in gold and reputation, uh, but overall I didn't see anything of unrecoverable data, uh, which seems to be the item that they're having issues with when they have some of these server uh, stability issues and something that's been going on for well over a year now. Um, usually once a month, um, you know, tw- usually not twice a month. It's usually about once a month uh, that they have this issue. And it's usually right before the patch, usually from what I can uh, gather uh, from what I've seen. It's usually right before the patch. So in my mind, there's some sort of memory leak or something like that in their code that they haven't been able to uh, get a handle on. Uh, But it's still happening today. It's still happening at the point where usually right before a patch, we're seeing some sort of tweet come out about uh, compensation of uh, voyage and and gold and doubloons um, for the poor experience that you've had. Uh, and I, I, I'm kind of on the fence, right? At least they're doing something for players to make up for it. Um, unfortunately, with how they have their systems built with very hard timetables, specifically around emissary ledgers and things like that, you know, having a day or two days or whatever it may be uh, where they're having 
gold and reputation and emissary ledgers not count, uh, that can really and will and has affected many, many players, including myself, in not maybe getting the season pass done, uh, maybe not getting your emissary ledgers uh, topped off where they need to be. Not everyone has an unlimited amount of playtime, and there's a lot of games out there that everyone enjoys. So having these kind of breakdowns in a system that we as gamers should be able to trust, uh, but unfortunately the track record of Rare shows that we cannot trust this system um, and that the emissary ledgers that we we have are not safe, especially if you're trying to grind them out in the uh, last part of the month. Uh, so as of right now, uh, as of the recording, you have about, uh, what, 10 days left uh, roughly in your emissary ledger. So my recommendation, get that done sooner rather than later. If you're not done with your season um, after Community Day and the, the big boost you got there, Finish your season, because as you get closer uh, to the next patch, as you get closer to the Emissary Ledger reset, as we get closer uh, to whatever comes next, um, if it crosses over at the right time, uh, you could be in trouble as far as your um, as, as far as as your ledgers and your your season and everything goes uh, just because of this ongoing issue that Rare has not been able to fix. As far as uh, my community day, I had a lot of fun. Community day obviously landed on a Saturday, uh, as it did the last time. And on Saturday, as many of you know, and many of you have stopped by and said hello, uh, Captain Logan of the Keel Hall Podcast and I uh, do a stream um, every Saturday of the month, except for um, the last Saturday, which he has uh, a community event with uh, with the Keel Hall Podcast. Um, but we do two podcasters, uh, one boat, and and we've had special guests and things like that. Um, community members join us and things like that. People that we've trusted and, and we know we can play with. Uh, but this community day, uh, we reached out as again we wanted to get as much of the community involved as we could. Um, thank you to Big Bad Pad for uh, facilitating this for us. Um, but Big Bad Pad reached out to uh, Dre of the Golden Sands uh, blog and. And convinced Dre to come into our shenanigans. So uh, Dre of the Golden Sands blog joined myself and Logan and Pad. And we sailed for for many, many hours of Community Day just just having a good time, talking lore, talking bugs, exploits, uh, them triggering me and getting my my excitement up, uh, my blood pressure up. You know how that goes. But... What was really interesting is as we were as we were just progressing through our community day, uh, Chris Alcock uh, popped in uh, to the chat. Uh, and if you don't know who Chris is, uh, he is the one who writes the novels. So there's a new Flameheart novel coming out very soon. Uh, he actually uh, confirmed to us on the stream that it is actually in the print shop right now. So it is done, uh, and it is in the print shop right now. But the Athena book, um, the the Flameheart book coming up, and he plays a critical role in the writing of a lot of these adventure stories and things like that. So a massive Sea of Thieves fan, massive uh, Sea of Thieves nerd. And a huge um, person who takes uh, part in the writing of the story uh, that we are experiencing in Sea of Thieves to this day. And he popped into the chat and we offered, hey, you want to join the Discord? Um, you want to join the J- Discord and and hang out? And of course, you know, someone of, of, of Chris's stature as far as, as far as, you know, he's up there, right? He's put books out for multiple different uh, IPs. 
um, you know, known in the Sea of Thieves world, rare employee, all that fun stuff, you know, and, and first off, just having him join our little chat session uh, in the Twitch chat was absolutely amazing. Uh, but then, you know, it's super late in the UK. Uh, Pad and Dre and Chris are all over in the European time zone. And Logan and I are in the, uh, you know, the Americas. So <clears throat> the time difference is absolutely ridiculous. And <clears throat> Chris said, sure. And if you didn't have a chance to tune into the live stream, uh, twitch.tv slash Davram, you missed out. Uh, I would suggest going back and checking out the vlog because Chris was an absolute pleasure uh, to have on our show. Um, he, he, it was hilarious. I have never laughed so hard in, I don't know how many years I was in tears laughing. The man is a talent when it comes to, to, uh, um, impersonations of, of popular characters, uh, across the cartoons and movies, uh, just a depth of sea of thieves, lore knowledge that, you know, the, probably Mike Chapman is the only one who has, uh, you know, more Sea of Thieves uh, knowledge. And he was dropping, you know, Chris was dropping some hints. He didn't give anything away. Uh, Logan was trying to pry out from him um, some details, but Chris didn't give anything away. Uh, we did hear again that the book is actually out there um, at the print shop. So hopefully we'll be able to see that book in our hands very soon and, and read it and, and enjoy it as much as uh, the Athena book uh, we enjoyed as a community. But it was an absolute pleasure. We talked about life. Uh, you know, we we talked about movies and cartoons and TV shows and Sea of Thieves. And it was just an absolutely outstanding time. So, again, thank you, Dre. Um, and thank you, Chris, for uh, joining us on our Community Day. Uh, two podcasters, one boat. Uh, and, again, thank you to Big Bad Pad uh, for at least reaching out to Dre and arranging him to be on there. Chris was a was a, a a nugget of gold that just came out of nowhere and completely unexpected, um, and I appreciate him very much. But thank you, Pat, uh, for getting Dre on there. Hopefully, uh, in a future um, two streamers or two podcasters, one boat, we'll be able to have Dre back and we can have uh, some more discussion because it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun talking about where the game has came from, uh, where we think it's going, um, you know, just nuggets that, uh, all of us have kind of found and, and talked about. So just an absolutely, uh, a great time as far as server stability, obviously we didn't see any strawberry beards. I mentioned the gold delays, uh, definitely much improved since last time. There were a couple game crashes. Um, a couple people were reporting like hazelnut beards and stuff like that, but it wasn't anything that kept them out of the game, right? You were able to rejoin your session, uh, relatively quickly, uh, seems to good. There was a lot of rubber banding later in the day against servers getting old and things like that with the amount of players actually playing. Um, there was a lot of rubber banding. Um, and we know this, the, the sea of thieves servers are not in a good place right now. Um, I, I really honestly blame Microsoft for this. Obviously we're using, um, their Azure servers, uh, rare can't ever come out and say that, right. They can't come out and blame Microsoft for shitty servers and, and their shitty backend. Um, because again, they're paid by Microsoft, right? They get money from Microsoft. They're a Microsoft studio. So you can't exactly bash, uh, the people who are putting food on your table and, and putting cash in the wallets of the people developing the game. You can't do that. Uh, I can though. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's clear that there are code issues with sea of thieves, potentially memory leaks uh, and other issues. But when we're talking 
just server stability, the ability to have six ships on a server, which right now we only have five and we've only had five for some time, the ability of the servers not to have rubber banding and things like that. A lot of that comes down to the hardware of the server and see if thieves even mentioned that they're looking for upgraded uh, hardware. Um, I don't know how that works um, since these are cloud-based services with Azure. Obviously, uh, there is hardware backing them, right? There, there has to be uh, as far as RAM and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but they mentioned in their podcast a few times ago that they were looking to upgrade that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know where we are in that uh, process, but clearly they haven't been upgraded yet because the servers are still shit. Uh, but again, the, part of that is is on Rare's code, but a lot of that falls on Microsoft and their Azure servers. Um, I, I would probably venture to guess that if Rare was not a Microsoft studio, they would probably be looking at another cloud-based server solution, i.e. AWS and Amazon. Uh, but that is just not an option uh, with their contract with Microsoft. So I hope they continue to look at this. I know they will. Um, and I just hope we get some answers soon, um, a timetable soon of when we might be able to see some of these actions that they've talked about uh, put into place. Because they've talked about, you know, the changing from the, the current hit registration system, the current combat system into a new combat system. Haven't really heard anything um, more about that, which I would like to hear more about. I'm not saying I need a date on that. Obviously, I know that is deep in the code and, and something that's going to have to take a major rework. Uh, there's been talks about uh, the Unreal Engine and things like that. You know, I just want a little bit more of an update. You know, I, I think a lot of us do. A lot of us who love Sea of Thieves and play Sea of Thieves on a daily or weekly basis, um, who just unfortunately are, are just fed up with the server performance and we just understand if shit goes bad, it well, you know, there's not much we can do about it because the servers are just garbage. And I, I just wish, um, and, and again, Rare is, is relatively, I will say relatively good at communicating. Um, but on some things, and again, you never want to air your dirty laundry. That's just not good business. Uh, but a, a lot of things, they're still a little... Um they're still a little bit uh, not very transparent on. And I'm not, again, I'm not asking for behind the scenes, though that would be nice. I'm not asking for you to, you know, completely air out your underpants out there on the clothesline. What I'm asking is just, uh, you know, frequent updates, you know, monthly updates, every other month updates on your podcast or whatever else that you can tell us where we are. You've made these promises about server hardware upgrades, hit registration changes, engine changes. You've talked about all this stuff and that it's things you're working on. But I just want a consistent, you know, messaging of where we are on them. I don't need dates. <coughs> I don't care about dates right now. Don't give me dates until you're closer to it. Until you're closer to that fix. Until you have that solution ready to go. I don't care about due dates at that point. Now, once you get there and you give me a due date, you better damn well hit it. But at right now, I just want information. I just want you to tell me how we're going. It can be a simple thing as, hey, we spent some time. <clears throat> you know, we've been continuing to spend some time on this. Things are looking promising. Uh, we hope to know more, you know, in a month or so. Or we hope to release it to insiders for testing. You know, just something other than, hey, these are things we know have been issued for a long time. We have the resources in order to look at them. And then I don't hear about it again for another year or whatever. I just would like some, 
on these hot button issues, server stability, hit registration, combat, things like that, I just would like more of a consistent messaging from them on how they're doing and what they're doing um, in order to get those things resolved for us. How about we look at some bugs that I found? Of course, Davram's always got bugs. And I'm sure some of you may or may not have experienced some of these things um, in your sailing out there, especially um, since one of them revolves around the new Athena voyage, which last week I talked very highly about the Athena voyage. And um, it's it's an awesome voyage. It's, it's great. I absolutely love it. However, there are some issues uh, with it. One major issue which conflicts with one of the tools, not rules features that they introduced in season five. And that is burying the stuff you get from the voyage, specifically burying the veil stone. Um, so we found this out on community day. Um, we were trying to, I think Logan was trying to record something uh, for something. I'm not sure what, but he's like, I wanted to dig up the veil stone. So we buried the veil, veil stone in the chest. We didn't even move the chest, right? We dug up the chest with the veil stone in it. We then reburied the chest and dug it up again. What this does is it breaks your quest. <clears throat> Burying the veil stone um, gives you a map, right? It gives you the map bundle that you could then put up on a board. Unfortunately, because of how this adventure is coded, it actually breaks the quest. It breaks it to a point where that veil stone no longer is associated with your legend of the veil quest. It cannot be put in the mask and there is nothing you can do to fix it. The only option is to cancel the voyage and start again. That Veilstone will not disappear. It will remain with you. It cannot be sold anywhere. It can't be sold at Reapers or, or any of the trading companies. Lorena won't take it. The mysterious stranger won't take it. It is literally just an entity at that point that is garbage. And it'll stay for a very long time. When we found this out, we dropped it in deep water um, just off the coast of one of the outposts. And we came back, I think, like four hours later and the damn thing's still sitting there. It's still floating there. Um, I, I don't know what the time frame is where that thing's supposed to sink or despawn or whatever. But four hours after we dropped it in deep water, it was still floating there, proud as can be, on top of the waves. So this, this to me was kind of a, a, in my mind, again, going back to my rants about QA, um, and, and testing your features season five introduced these tools, not rules, you know, the fireworks and, and all these other things that you had access to, including burying your treasure, um, for this new kind of fun, create treasure maps for other pirates, etc., etc., etc. And the problem I have with this is it is literally a system you built in the game to make the game more interesting, where if you're getting chased by someone and you want to make sure you save this piece of loot, you can bury it, hide the map, whatever you want to do in order to come back and get your loot later. But the fact that you introduced your brand new quest with it, it's linked very closely, I assume, to the tall tale system because there is issues where your loot can despawn in the ancient chest because the ancient chest is only found in tall tales. 
and it is in this voyage. So my guess is on the underside of the code, on the underside of the mechanism that makes uh, Legend of the Veil work, it has to be part of that code that's used in Tall Tales. Because you have kind of those cinematic moments with the pirate lord on your ship, just like you do with Pendragon um, and you have with uh, Jack Sparrow and things like that during the actual Tall Tale series. Um, you have the same kind of features here. So I'm guessing on the core back end of the code, they're using um, some of that Tall Tale linkage with the ancient chest and, and how everything works together. And unfortunately, and I would assume I haven't tested this, so don't quote me on it. I would assume if you do any of the tall tales and you have the shroud breaker stones um, or you have any of the little bits that you have to collect throughout any of the tall tales and you bury them, I would assume it probably breaks the tall tale. I don't know that. Um, but in my mind, if I was uh, in charge of the QA process on Sea of Thieves, and don't get me wrong, I have been part of QA teams in the past in different industries, and I am someone developers hate because I find shit because I do things that no one thinks is going to be done. And there's that old video that developers absolutely hate where you've got a, a box and on the top of the box, there's different hole cuts. There's like a square, a rectangle, a circle, a star, a triangle. And the person is pulling these pieces of wood, like an old child's game out of this jar. And it's like, Oh, the developer created the box where you put the little pieces in and the player or the person testing it is pulling the pieces out of the box and the developer is thinking, well, if it looks like a triangle, they're going to put it in the triangle. If it looks like a circle, they're going to put it in the circle. But actually what the person testing does is, oh, picks up the triangle. It fits in the square. So he drops in the square and then it's like, oh, it picks up the circle. Oh, it drops in the square. Oh, he picks up the rectangle. Oh, if you turn it sideways, it drops in the square. And he just puts all the pieces in the, the, the square and the developers basically in tears because they thought they created something amazing. And the, the weird brain of the QA person completely destroyed destroyed it. I feel like Sea of Thieves almost needs to find someone like my weird ass brain or someone out there who is very critical and thinks outside the box a little bit more in testing in that who's going to think to bury the veil stone or the shroud breaker stones or the, the chalice in those uh, type of tall tales. I would, I would hundred percent because I think it would be cool to troll other pirates by doing the veil stones having, you know, the, the veil stone and burying it somewhere along with some other loot and having people dig it up and be like, Ooh, a veil stone. Oh, I can't do any like, Oh, I can, you know, whatever. I think that would be funny. So yes, I would definitely think about that. Yes. We thought about that on community day. And yes, unfortunately that was not thought about at the rare studios and thus it breaks your quest. Um, so definitely, definitely another bad knock on the uh, on the QA team there at Rare and the development team to not think that a feature that you developed in just last season was going to be used and break your new uh, cool voyage that, like I said, is a really great voyage. But that was a that was a huge miss. There are new client uh, side visual bugs that have been introduced with the most recent patch. Several of the emotes are broken, including the hide and chest emote where you may be hiding in a chest, uh, but another player is going to see you conquered over like you're taking a poop on the deck and you're holding the chest on your back. 
Um, it doesn't happen to everyone. Um, it is it is definitely a client side thing. Um, as when we experienced it on Community Day, on my side it looked fine. On Logan's side it looked fine. On Pad's side it looked fine. On Dre's side it didn't look so good. Um, there are other bugs as, um, as far as visual bugs, uh, and I don't know if this, I assume this is client side, but I'm not sure. Several people on the boat saw this, um, but the spool on the harpoon is actually detached completely from the harpoon. It's been shifted to one side so it doesn't hook up like it used to. Again, how in the world do these visual things get through? I don't know. What code they're changing which impacts these things, I don't know. Now, there was talk, and I didn't look through the patch notes. I apologize. I haven't looked through the patch notes, but there was talk that they did uh, make some changes to the auto-aim of the harpoon. Um, so if that is the case, obviously they were doing something with the code of the harpoon, so that could have definitely caused it. But you would think during testing someone would have noticed that the visual spool of the harpoon has been shifted. You would think that someone would notice that if you're making changes to the harpoon and testing it, someone would notice visually that that looks wrong. Uh, so obviously there's a visual issue there. There is also a ongoing visual issue with barrels that these, uh, the uh, flotsam barrels that you harpoon onto your ship. Um, what can happen is those barrels disappear. You cannot access them. You cannot see them, but they are on the harpoon and you can test this because if you go to the harpoon and shoot, the harpoon will not go. It still has the barrel. It doesn't drop the barrel. If you hit the harpoon with a sword, the barrel will drop. But if you get a barrel up that has a whole bunch of really rare fish or food or really nice supplies that you need and you get this bug, you're shit out of luck. That barrel is not coming back. The only way to get it back and I don't even know if it comes back, is to detach it from the harpoon and let it float away, and it might show back up. Uh, but again, another major uh, flaw here in the code of this last patch, and that one may have been before this last patch, actually. Um, I don't know the dates of when that was first seen, um, but another critical, just nasty uh, bug that has, has popped up visually what I can say and what Logan was very happy to tell me because of my rants, both on stream with him and also on the podcast is the ropes at the forts are now fixed. So the ropes now properly attached to the cage and there's not a uh, several pixel gap. That means we've got floating cages inside of, of forts. So Maybe my rant got through to them. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it didn't. I don't know. But those visual issues have been fixed. But in typical rare fashion, we get some changes that break a whole bunch of other stuff. So be careful of your barrels out there. Try not to get triggered every time you look at the harpoon. And by God, please do not bury your void stones. Veil stones. Why did I say void stones? Is this World of Warcraft? Are we entering the void now? I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, a couple pieces of news uh, that's coming up uh, next weekend. Um, uh, so the next weekend after you listen to this podcast, there will be Twitch drops. Yes, Twitch drops are back. Um, and there are one, two, three, four Twitch drops, right? Four, five Twitch drops. Six, one, two, three, four, five, six Twitch drops. Lots of them this time. It's the continuation of the Twilight Hunter set. So May 27th, 
Um, you're going to want to watch a, it looks like partnered streamers only this time. You're going to watch it. Want to watch a partnered streamer between 20 and 30 minutes on each of these days. And on Twitch, make sure you go to seaofthieves.com slash twitch dash drops and link your Twitch account to the sea of thieves website and make sure you watch this. Now I know I've heard a lot of complaints from people of games, making them watch Twitch in order to get this stuff. Look, you don't have to, if you, if you don't want these drops if you don't want to take the time to watch content creators if that's not your thing that's fine you don't have to and now some people out there are like but i want the drop or i want the items i want the cosmetics well guess what then you need to watch twitch i'm sorry there's just no way to get around it this is a world of content creation twitch youtube podcasting you know music spotify whatever it is this is a world of content creation if you are not watching content creation like you would be watching a tv show or youtube video or whatever the case may be on however you enjoy your content maybe it's listening to npr um, on your radio while you're outside working i it doesn't matter to me, uh, but this is a world of content. Uh, content is the thing that everyone enjoys and games are going to try to promote their game and promote their content creators by giving those creators exclusive things, which generate people, eyeballs and money into their partner's pocket. That is part of the perks of being a partner. There you go. My suggestion and what I do many times, because no, can I sit down sit my butt down and dedicate 30 minutes, six days in a row in order to get these drops. No, no, I cannot. No, I cannot. I was just talking to my brother uh, this past week about food. My brother loves to cook. He loves good food. And guess what? He sent me a picture of this delicious, delicious looking chicken. Okay. And I've made whole roast chicken before. And I told him, I'm like, I just don't have time for that. Would I like a whole roast chicken? Absolutely. But my fridge, even though I love food and I love good food and I love cooking, my fridge is literally full of bags of lunch meat. Why? Because I don't have time to cook. Literally, it comes down in my day with how busy I am. It comes down to, am I going to cook a good meal or go to the gym? I don't have time for both. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to grab a bag of lunch meat. Is it going to come down to, Finishing editing a YouTube video or, or finishing editing the podcast to get out or cooking a good meal. I'm going to do the content, grab a bag of lunch meat. If it comes down to streaming or spending time in the kitchen cooking, I'm going to grab a bag of lunch meat and stream, right? I literally, that's the decisions that I sometimes have to make in, in my day of, I have this much time in my day. I have this many things to do. And unfortunately if it comes down to doing something on that list or cooking, I'm going to choose doing something and grabbing a bag of lunch meat. It's just how it is. It's still protein. It's still good for you. You know, I don't buy shit lunch meat. Uh, it's still good for you. It's still giving me nutrition. And it, it, it is what it is. Those, But those are the decisions. So my suggestion on these days, do what I do. And that is... Before you leave for work, before you leave for the gym, before you go outside to plant your garden or harvest your garden or go spend time with your family, open up twitch.tv on your computer. Open up a Sea of Thieves partnered streamer who streams every single day. Behaving Beardly, Schmexy, uh, Beardageddon. Those folks, who are Captain Falcor usually streams, Spammels usually streams every single day on the Find out on Twitter or wherever they're scheduled during Twitch drops. Open their stream on your computer 
right click on the tab if you're using Chrome or Opera or something like that. Mute the tab. You have to leave the volume on in order to get credit for Twitch drops as far as on the actual Twitch uh, brow on the Twitch player, the volume needs to be at least at 1% in order to get credit for the Twitch drops, but you can mute the tab and then nothing's going to be coming out of, of your speakers or anything while you're out of town or where you're, wherever you're at and just leave it up. Right. And then check back in, um, you know, on your phone or whatever, you know, later on that day and click claim because you need to claim it within the 24 hours period. Is it a little bit of work? Sure. But does it require you to sit on your butt and watch for 30 minutes? No. You can lurk in the stream, you get credit, and you just have to claim it later. Is it is it an optimal situation for those folks out there who are just pissed off and don't want to go to Twitch at all? No, it's not an optimal situation. But guess what? This is the world of content, and you're going to have to tune in in order to get some of these things you want. It's just how it goes. You just have to deal with it. If you want it, you got to deal with it. So what days are these Twitch drops? You're going to get the Twilight Hunter dress on May 27th. You're going to get the Twilight Hunter hook, by the way. It looks really good on May 28th. You're going to get the Twilight Hunter peg leg on the 29th of May. And again, I'm not a huge fan of peg legs. Looks awesome. You're going to get the Twilight Hunter trousers or pants if you're not European on May 30th. You will get the Twilight Hunter hat on May 31st, and you will get the Twilight Hunter shirt on June the 1st. So that's six days of Twitch drops. I added that up right, right? Yeah, six. Six days of Twitch drops, 20 to 30 minutes, watching a partnered streamer. Make sure you claim claim them on your Twitch account. Upper right-hand corner, click your profile picture, scroll down to drops, click it, and then click claim, making sure that you have linked your Twitch account with your Sea of Thieves Microsoft account at seaofthieves.com slash twitch dash drops. The next thing in the news that I find really interesting, and I just finished watching um, Shockwave Zero on Twitch, um, utilize this. I did know this existed, and I, I know on this podcast before, I have talked about, I have talked about um, the idea of a wanted poster. Now, this isn't exactly um, the wanted poster um, ideas that I've had where people can hunt you down and, and, and claim a reward, but it is a fun mini game that is community built and Rare has approved it as something that, uh, that can be used. Um, and it can be on a streamer mode. It has muted audio, but anyone can take part on this. And at the end of your play session, whenever you decide you're finished playing the game, um, you can tweet it out and share a really cool graphic on social media of what you did, um, while playing this mini game. And this mini game is, uh, brought to you by blurbs. Um, so blurbs is a content creator, a sea of thieves, uh, a Twitch and sea of thieves partner. Uh, you could check out his Twitch account at twitch.tv slash blurbs. That's B L U R B S. Um, you can also check out him on Twitter and that's twitter.com slash blurbs TV. And you can find pinned at the top of his page released, uh, just a few days ago, something called the scurvy scroll and it's really cool you go to this site you type in whatever your pirate's name is or whatever name you want to display on your final certificate what your crew size is you know one 
two, three, four, and you click start. Um, and it's got some really, really cool information here. So it says, welcome to the scurvy scroll. You must start with only a pistol and bananas. You must buy weapons and food tiers as one-time upgrades. Cannonballs and planks are free. All other items are purchased as needed. Earn silver by sinking ships and doing optional feats. Feats vary in difficulty and value. Feats also refresh after sinking a ship. Press plus one sink button when sinking enemy ships. You earn less silver per sink the bigger your crew is. Refrain from attacking new ships docked at outposts. Keep supplies you have purchased in a separate barrel. Get the most silver you can without using too much. The voyage ends once your ship sinks. So it's kind of like a um, uh, one ship, right? One life, ultra hardcore type um, uh, event that doesn't require you to refresh your pirate, right? Once you have sunk, hit the end button for your stats. Refreshing the app will lose your progress. Good luck. And it's all on our website. It's really cool. Um, I'm actually looking at it right now. So here you go. Here's some of the things. Here are your optional feats. Sleep in an enemy crew's bed. Tuck near an enemy player for 30 seconds. Um, successfully. Keg an enemy ship without dying. Um, you've got plus sinks um, and you've got end and you start with 2,000 silver. Now, here's where we're talking about items and upgrades that you can purchase. Remember, you start with a flintlock pistol and bananas. If you would like to use the sword, you have to unlock that upgrade by earning through these feats and sinking ships 20,000 silver, and then you can purchase the use of the sword. If you want the blunderbuss, it's 10,000 silver. If you want the eye of reach, it's 15,000 silver. If you would like to use coconuts, it's 2,000. So right off the start, you could buy coconuts if you want to use coconuts as food. If you want uh, pomegranates, it's th uh, 3,000. Uh, mangoes, 4,000. Pineapples, 5,000. Um, cooked meat is 5,000. And worms are 3,000. And again, those are upgrades. So once you purchase them, you get to use that until your ship sinks. And then it all resets. If you would like to purchase items. So again, cannonballs and planks are free. Um, everything else costs if you would like one. <coughs> If you would like to get blunder bombs, that costs 300 for blunder bombs. If you would like fire bombs, that costs 100. If you would like a cursed cannonball, that is 500. And if you would like a chain shot or a stack of chain shots, it's a thousand. So you have to make your, de your determination on which item upgrades and which items you would like to use. You can use all the cannonballs you want. Um, and you can use all the planks you want and bananas and pistol. But if you want anything else, you've got to buy it. And the goal is at the end of your play session or when you sink, whatever money your silver is, whatever you've done during that time adds up to your final score. And you can share that on Twitter and the community can see how everyone is doing on the scurvy scroll. I think this is a great idea. This is an amazing thing. This is absolutely super cool. So I've got it up here in front of me. Um, if I push one sink, I get 10,000 
Um, I get 10,000 silver for a sink. And my feats refresh. So now I have ring enemy ship's crow's nest bell. Convince enemy crew to willingly give a piece of loot. Deck shot onto an enemy ship. So let's say I did the deck shot. I get 5,000 silver for doing the deck shot. If I convince an enemy crew to give me loot, I get 2,500 for that. If I ring the ship's bell... I get another, um, I get another, what is that? A uh, couple hundred gold for that. So there are different levels of difficulty, right? Let's get another sink in. We get another 10,000 and we refresh our feats. Now we have use a trident to kill an enemy player. One ball an enemy player. Toss an enemy cruise planks overboard using crates. So really cool thing brought up by Blurbs completely online. You can download this as an application to put on your uh, computer so you don't have to keep a web browser up the entire time. Um, and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's really cool. And if you buy the sword, the sword goes gray and it deducts 20000 If you want to buy meat, it'll deduct 5000 and you have the upgrades. And it shows you what upgrades you've purchased because that's part of your score, right? I want to buy a cursed cannonball. That, I get one cursed cannonball. If I want to buy a firebomb, I get one firebomb. You know, I can purchase all this stuff. I want to get some pomegranates. And it shows me what I get there. Um, it's a really cool feature. I, I strongly suggest you check it out. It is the scurvyscroll.com. I will put a link uh, in the show notes below so you can check it out. So let's say we sunk. So if I hit end, uh, it'll have a wanted poster with a with a cool illustration of a pirate. And it says deckhand Davram reward 600. Um, you know, I had a crew of one. I sunk two ships. Uh, and I got three upgrades. I got the sword, the pomegranate, and the uh, the the food. Um, I bought one blunder bomb, one fire bomb, one cursed cannonball, and one um, chain shot. And it says generate a tweet with your results uh, with that, and you can click new game. So your your name deckhand will also go up based on your points. Um, but again, the reward is is you know you can kind of see what each pirate has done. So it seems really cool. And I hope that those of you out there who want a fun mini game to play while you're playing Sea of Thieves, if maybe some of the stuff has gotten a little stale for you um, or things like that. I always say Sea of Thieves is a create your own adventure game. This is a way you can create your own adventure. And thank you, Blurbs, for coming up with this. Again, scurvyscroll.com. If you would like to play around with it, if you would like to check it out, I think it's a great um, addition uh, for all of us community members to play. And maybe if I can convince Captain Logan, maybe we will do a uh, two podcasters, one boat and play scurvy scroll. Uh, one of these, uh, one of these Saturdays um, on our live stream. Again, check that out. 4 PM Eastern standard time, two podcasters, one boat, six or 4 PM Eastern standard time only on twitch.tv slash Davram or twitch.tv slash captain underscore Logan. The next thing I wanted to look at is the event or the mystery has finally went live and I'm not sure if it's actually been, there's, there's some rumor that it's actually been in the game um, since the arena shut down. It's just no one particularly knew to look for this or to, to, to think about what it might mean. But there was, there's, there's been a couple tweets uh, going around about when the arena shut down 
uh, some visuals that gave away that this mystery was coming or was already in the game. Um, but it hadn't taken the official start, which is a new skeleton has been found on Sea Dog's Rest. And this video was released on uh, social media. Uh, and there is a music box playing, We Shall Sail Together. And it's slowly, the music box is slowly dying away until it kind of dies away into this eerie, um, really sad ending of We Shall Sail Together. Now, what's really interesting about this corpse, and I'm sure many of you by this point have seen this on social media, but if you haven't, there is a very distinct hat uh, sitting there and overall outfit of this particular skeleton. And that is DeMarco Singh, the son of the uh, pirate Lord and also the, one of the former um, owners or people who ran the sea dog arena. Um, he is one of two children of Ramsey. You had Lissetti and DeMarco Singh. So the idea that the community is throwing around is that DeMarco has been murdered. And that is our murder mystery. A lot of us believe that it was going to be someone who we already knew was dead, i.e. the pirate Lord and learning on how he got killed. But in fact, in classic rare sea of thieves fashion, they take what we think is going to happen and they throw us something else. I did not see this one coming. So it appears that DeMarco is dead. Now, why I say it appears is we don't know. There is no real confirmation that it is DeMarco. It looks very much like it would be DeMarco with the outfit and the hat and his music box. But there's some clues that people have kind of uncovered as maybe it's not DeMarco. Who knows? But we'll find out uh, uh, as we unlock more of this mystery. Now, a lot of folks out there um, maybe might not like this style of content, right? This particular style of, of pushing out content uh, has been known in the industry for a long time as trans media. No, it has nothing to do uh, with gender identification or the LGBT, but it's actually um, a, a term used for releasing your game story or releasing um, a, a series of content across multiple different platforms in game in movies, in TV shows, on social media, on YouTube, um, in books, where you don't get the entire story in one location. Games have been doing it for a long time. EverQuest did it way back in the late 90s, early 2000s. World of Warcraft with their movies and their books and their comic books and all that stuff has been a pro at it for a very long time. Um, but games more and more are into it. Halo does it with their books and things like that. But at the end of the day, it is kind of where the world is right now, right? You want to get your Twitter following up. You want to get those YouTube subscribers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, sea of Thieves have been, has been doing it for a while with the former mystery. They have the Athena book. They have uh, the Flameheart Journal book. Um, they've obviously released stuff on YouTube for a long time. They've got the in-game stuff. You know, Sea of Thieves has done it for a long time. And, and it's just the way the world is. If you don't like it, I'm not a huge fan of it, um, but I will be following it because I'm a Sea of Thieves fan, just like I followed it when I was a World of Warcraft player. Um, so I'll be following it, uh, probably won't be covering it necessarily on the podcast as close as other folks, um, just because it, it doesn't necessarily, the style of finding all this stuff 
um, and putting all the pieces together doesn't really interest me. I don't really have time to uh, uh, to spend trying to find out all this information that some people may have uh, time to do. Uh, but I will be keeping tabs on all the social media, and as clues are found and released, I will make sure I bring them to you. In the um, the video talking about the uh, the mystery um, coming to the Sea of Thieves in the background, and again, this is this is what I'm talking about. If I don't have time to look this stuff up, um, in the background of each of the individuals who spoke about the mystery coming to Sea of Thieves, there was an item in the background with a letter on it, and the letters had the uh, the letters were N E W N S, uh, which are North. South, East, and West. They're the cardinal directions, correct? Uh, but they also spell the word news. So um, that was kind of one of the first hints. And then we had Sea Dogs Rest and the new skeleton. Um, uh, most people believe, again, it's DeMarco. So we're going to hear on, on this show and me talking, um, we are going to talk about three potential people who may have been responsible uh, for killing him. Uh, so we have... Amaranta. So Amaranta is a uh, a person of the uh, of the Sea Dog faction. Uh, wanted control of the arena, so didn't want Mar- Demarco to be in control of the arena. Wanted to be, you know, kind of the leader of the Sea Dogs and thing. And we last saw Amaranta with Wanda the Warsmith. Uh, but she was masked, and that was in the Adventure Two trailer, uh, right at the end when you see the ship pulling up to one of the Spanish forts, and there were two um, two people, Wanda and another person with a mask on. Um, this based on the uniform, not just the mask the mask had some um some facial um items like a a a mole and stuff like that which matched uh amaranta Uh, but also there was sea dog feathers coming out of the coat um so many people believe that that was amaranta so it appears that she is with wanda now obviously wanda is part of the dark brethren or last time we knew she was um so who knows Maybe Amaranta has seeked refuge uh, with Wanda and they have joined forces uh, with this new uh, uh, female group um, and they're wreaking havoc and, you know, doing dastardly things. So Amaranta is one uh, potential uh, suspect. Uh, Flameheart is obviously another suspect. Flameheart is trying to take over the Sea of Thieves. We battled him back uh, with the Shrouded Ghost uh, adventure to get the Veil of the Ancients. Um, And we have, so far, it appears that we are winning against Flameheart, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe we're playing into Flameheart's hand. Mike Chapman made a uh, made a comment about that in the last podcast that maybe we're actually playing into Flameheart's hands here and we just don't know it yet. Uh, but obviously Flameheart and the Pirate Lord are deep in battle here. We've got uh, the, the Pirate Lord's Athena army, us, fighting the evil Flame army of, uh, of Flameheart with his Spanish uh, reinforcements. It would make sense if you are trying to... Um, you know, hit a major blow against your opponent. What is one way to do that? Well, wiping out their family or a family member or capturing a family member, whatever the case may be, is a great way in order to, 
cause some clear mental distress uh, to the um, to the person you're trying to, to beat. Obviously, we see that in movies all the time. If I were to lose a family member, I would be very hurt. I mean, I've lost family members due to, you know, old age and, and disease and stuff already. And it is very painful to lose a, a close family member. In this case, it would be Ramsey's only son or only son that we know of. Right. Um, only son. That would be very painful. Especially in a time period like this where sons, and no offense to women out there, uh, but sons were obviously more sought after than daughters. Why? Because the son carries on the family name. Um, So if we're looking at the time period this is set in, and that this is his only son and only way that the Singh name is going to be carried on, this would be a huge blow to Ramsey. So it would make sense that Flameheart would want to kill DeMarco in order to make a huge blow to Ramsey's mental state in order for him to maybe make a mistake or, or, or make a poor choice for him to gain an advantage in the war. Makes complete sense. However, maybe we should look a little closer to DeMarco himself to identify who may have killed him. There was an individual who helped him run the sea dog arena. And when he DeMarco chose to shut down the sea dog arena, she was not too happy. And no, I'm not talking about Amaranta. I am talking about his sister, Lassetti. Lassetti Singh, his sister, the daughter of the pirate Lord was very upset. Just like many of you out there when rare decided to shut down the, uh, the, the sea of thieves, sea dog arena mode in sea of thieves. And it was determined that DeMarco was the one that made that choice. And Lassetti was not happy because she liked the arena. She liked running the arena, helping run the arena. And she wanted to continue it. But DeMarco, the male made the choice to shut it down and she just had to deal with it. It, right. So if she wants to get back at her brother <clears throat> and remember, this is pirates, this is pirates. I want something, right? We're not talking about sea of friends here. And I know some people hate the idea of sea of friends, not see it. The, I know you hate that saying, but we are talking about pirates here. And in the world of pirates, there was always treachery. There was backstabbing. And yes, it even happened inside families. Um, in, in, in history. And we know that, that Mike Chapman is a huge, um, huge studier of history, specifically in this age, because, you know, sea of thieves and he loves, you know, boats and he loves pirates and he loves that stuff. So is he going to draw on history when he's writing, um, the story? Absolutely. He's going to, we've seen many, many instances of this. So the idea of a jaded or a, pissed off family member who is also a cutthroat pirate and a sea dog taking out their aggression or taking out their anger on another family member who is also a pirate, who is a fighter and a sea dog absolutely could and would happen during this time. So we cannot just say, well, Lissetti Singh is his sister and there's no way that the sister is going to kill the brother. You know, there's the, they were, they ran the arena together. They love each other. They no, that is not the case. <clears throat> it is not the case. She was very mad that he shut down the arena and you can actually find in the arena <clears throat> tavern in adventure, you can actually find uh, two pictures, one of Lissetti, which is hanging on the wall, uh, nice and pretty. And you can find DeMarco's picture that is now laying on the floor with a knife stabbed through it. So that's where we are with the adventure right now. We know there's a body. We think it's DeMarco um, because of the hat, the music box, 
uh, the picture at the Sea Dogs Tavern. Uh, but we don't know, again, who killed him. At the end, end of the uh, video where they showed the music box and the skeleton corpse, if you pause the video or you run it at a very slow rate on YouTube, right at the end, the entire screen will turn like a bluish-white flash, and it'll say, who? Question mark. Um, so obviously, this is what we, um, as the community, are trying to solve, is the murder mystery of whatever corpse that is. Who is the corpse, and who killed the corpse? We're assuming it's DeMarco, but who knows? Rare might have some um, interesting twists coming. Now, one thing that I noticed, <clears throat> and I haven't actually went to Sea Dog's Rest to dive into this um, very deeply, but one thing I noticed in a screenshot was laying next to the body, and now a lot of people believe it's, it's poison, there is a bottle that is laying next to the body. And that bottle, in, in my mind again i haven't seen it live in game just screenshots looks very much like the pirate changing vial that you can get into the emporium so i also brought up the fact that can we really determine that this is demarco or maybe that potion was used to change whoever was murdered to look like demarco who knows who knows um the other question that has been brought up is in the sea of thieves no one really dies, right? They go to the ferry and they come back. And that's true to a point. Unless his soul, whoever or her soul or whoever that corpse is, we assume it's DeMarco right now, so I'm going to say he. Unless his corpse was bound like Flameheart's corpse was to the skull um, or something like that. And there are very few people in the Sea of Thieves that we know of that has this type of power. We know Pendragon has this type of power. We know Grey Marrow has learned this type of power. And someone we haven't seen for a very long time, who used to be an ally of Flameheart, and the last time we saw him was in the Heart of Fire, <clears throat> when he was being burned by the Rage Chest, and then we see off in the shadows him with Wanda the Warsmith, Stitcher Jim knows this power. And we have not seen Stitcher Jim for quite some time. We don't know where he's at. The last time we saw him was the Heart of Fire. So could this be a time when we are learning this mystery, we are solving this mystery, and good old Stitcher Jim <clears throat> is setting up for a return to the Sea of Thieves. Something to think about. Lots of open doors with this mystery. <clears throat> Lots of things to think about. Lots of things to digest. But if you are interested in this mystery, obviously go check out Sea Dog's Rest. Go check out the Sea Dog Tavern. Make sure you're staying up to date with all the things coming out on Sea of Thieves Twitter and the conversations that are happening uh, around the mystery on Twitter, on Reddit, um, all the different social medias. And make sure you're keeping your eye peeled in the game and trying to find any and every clue you can to help solve this mystery. It's going to be something that's probably going to take us well into Season 7 uh, to actually solve. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed the quick recap and talk about the mystery. Um, but that's it for today, I did have one more topic, but we're out of time for today. So that is going to save for next week, but I'll give you a teaser. This last week, Rare took a pretty big PR hit with their choice of putting in a very popular cosmetic and finishing 
a set-off. And unfortunately, they made a critical issue which caused them some major PR issues in the fact that they had to remove and disable this particular cosmetic. And I'll tell you why it was a major issue. So hopefully you guys can learn a little bit more about history and a little bit more about why people were upset about it. But I will talk about that next week. There's your teaser. I'll talk about that next week. Guys, take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio. Give them the sword. M1 spam. M1 spam.